There's so many complexities in the Web3 space and we want to abstract all of those away. Everything we want to do, we want to make it easy. Hey, what's going on? I hope you are well and having a good week as always. Uh, So this week on the Welcome to the Metaverse podcast, we're talking all about how the next wave of users will enter the NFT space and how to remove a lot of the barriers and concerns that newcomers might have. Now, Recur are a platform who do exactly that. They've already partnered and launched collections with globally recognized brands and IPs, including Paramount Pictures, Nickelodeon, Star Trek, and many more, uh, making it an easy process for non-crypto native people whilst also including all of the benefits of self-custody for those who want it in this space. Zach Brush is the co-founder and CEO of Recur, as someone who's been in the space for 12 years, knows it inside out, and has also identified this major problem which they are solving. A really interesting conversation, really enjoyed this one, so thank you very much to Zach for coming on the show. This podcast is of course sponsored by the brilliant Every Realm, who are a leader in metaverse innovation, investment, and NFTs. They recently announced their new project, The Row, a members-only master-planned real estate development designed by some of the best architects and artists in the world the link is below for you to request an invitation one you do not want to miss out on so make sure you follow them on twitter at every realm where you'll find a link to their discord too or head over to everyrealm.com to check out everything else that they're up to alongside being one of the largest owners of digital real estate nfts across a huge variety of metaverse projects i'll put all their links along with my own socials and zach from recurs as well in the show notes uh, so you can easily click through as always nothing in this podcast is financial or investment advice always do your own research and with that said let's dive into this week's episode. Zach, great to have you on the show. Thanks very much for doing this. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Good stuff. So let's dive straight into kind of what, you, what you've built with, uh, with Recur, because I think you're solving a really important problem in this space, um, opening up access to people in a really credible way and kind of crucially making, making it really fun to kind of onboard new people to this world. Um, so yeah, so, so maybe in your own words, you could, uh, if you could kind of tell us about Recur and what you're, what you're aiming to do, what's kind of the mission here. So the entire goal of Recur is to onboard as many people as possible into crypto. And we really see NFTs as this gateway, as this entry point for so many people to enter this space. So what Recur is, is we've built institutional infrastructure to allow some of the largest brands, storytellers, Hollywood studios, athletes, creators, and even the smallest, enter this space in a way that they feel comfortable with. Uh, but also in a way that's familiar and authentic to the crypto ecosystem. So Recur is an infrastructure uh, suite, an NFT platform. It's good to hear. And um, and kind of when you go on Recur, what's the user experience generally as you kind of use Recur? Because I think it's it's good that it, it's simplifying this whole process, right, for, for new people. And a lot of this is very complicated. So yeah, kind of what's the process there? That's exactly right. So there's so many complexities in the Web3 space, and we want to abstract all of those away. So for those that don't know, today Recur powers some of the largest Web3 experiences for really large brands like Paramount Pictures and Nickelodeon and Star Trek and Sanrio's Hello Kitty and Care Bears and and so many others. And everything we want to do, we want to make it easy. So if you look back historically at the Web3 space, even like a year and a half ago, it felt like e-commerce in 2010, and we need to make that into 2022. So it's really easy to onboard. It takes under 30 seconds to onboard. You don't have to have any crypto experience. So you don't need to create a crypto wallet or buy crypto. If you want to pay with crypto, you can. You can pay with credit card. You can pay with Apple Pay or Google Pay. So it's really easy to engage. So for us, the first step is how do we make a really easy and smooth onboarding experience? So that's a big piece of it. Then from actually transacting, we want to make sure that, again, it's easy for the legacy brands and IP and creators to enter. So we have solutions, uh, like I mentioned, like credit card and like Apple Pay, but also crypto folks to participate 
So we allow crypto. If you want, you could also self-custody. So you can withdraw the asset. If you do have a wallet of your own, if you have a MetaMask, uh, you can withdraw. If you want to take it to different chains, we allow for that as well too. So everything that we do, like I mentioned earlier, we want to make simple, we want to make easy, we want to make authentic to the crypto ecosystem. And the goal really is let's onboard people into NFTs via Recur, but then let's also allow them to go explore the greater crypto ecosystem so they really can withdraw and we're not creating a walled garden ever. Yeah, I love that because it's, it's doing exactly that where it's kind of uh, both sides of uh, the party are, are happy whether you are a real crypto OG and you kind of, um, you know, want to use the technology in its, in its purest form and have uh, self-custody of your assets and, and everything that kind of means. But obviously there's there's lots of people who um, aren't yet ready for that and it's very technical in parts. And yeah, and I, th- I think like we've been through this kind of first phase of adoption for NFTs. There's a lot of awareness now, but not much kind of understanding, right? And and there's been uh, a lot of kind of groundbreaking projects, stuff that's that's been totally amazing and then equally where there's kind of where there's money to be made there's there's been other projects where promises kind of weren't fulfilled and inevitably scams and that kind of thing so it's great that recur is kind of getting rid of some of those narratives as much as you control right and being able to kind of welcome new people in uh, in a kind of safe and secure way and maybe you could just you touched on it there but just talk to us about like the self-custody element so if you buy an nft you, you can do that sign up to recur really simply you can use even the credit card to, to purchase and then it recur automatically creates a wallet i'm guessing and then if you want to kind of take your NFT out of Recur's hosting wallet into your own, you can do that. Is that kind of the process? Yeah, that's exactly correct. So you don't need to go create a wallet on your own if you don't have it. Uh, You can go log into your Recur account and see all your Recur NFTs right there. But of course, if you want to withdraw it, you can. And we make that really, really seamless. And we also allow for swapping cross-chain. So if you wanted to take it onto Polygon, you could, or Ethereum, you could, or Avalanche, you could, and we have more chains coming as well. And conceptually there, our thought process is, who knows what the winning chain might be in 10 years from today? Or maybe there's a killer application built on Polygon. Even if you're an ETH maxi, maybe there's an amazing application on Polygon or a great game or an incredible social media app built on Avalanche or whatever that might be. You should be able to take your NFT there. If you can't take your NFT wherever you want, our view is you don't really own it. So we want to make sure that as this space is continuously evolving, we're allowing everybody to continue to participate each step of the way. So in some senses, that also future proofs it. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. That's a, that's a good point um, to, to be made for sure. And uh, you touched on on some brands and IPs, and I definitely want to get stuck into that more because uh, some of the kind of partnerships you have are, are amazing and uh, you know globally well-known brands that um, everyone will have heard of. Uh, but it's interesting just this whole space for kind of brands uh, coming in as well because um, there is this unique culture. There's this generally very kind of grassroots culture in the NFT space. It's quite different from what we know so far far and um, you know it's been built by sort of i guess the, the well the decentralized whole idea right it's kind of against or the other side of maybe corporation owned type stuff um, so there's a learning curve for brands coming in right to understand that culture have the right tone of voice and all those types of things and do their own drops and we've seen some do that really well kind of alidas and night getting involved with artifacts and all of those things um, and then some other brands uh, who have done it less well i would say probably won't throw anyone under the bus but probably most people in the space will, will have seen some who haven't got that tone of voice right have maybe the art wasn't good enough for a brand that that were that big and and kind of the expectation was more they haven't kind of respected the culture and maybe it looked like a bit of a cash grabby type thing so uh, from the brand side maybe you could just explain what recur does because i imagine really useful and a really attractive thing for for brands trying to get into this space as well totally so i think it's really important to think about you know what does an nft collector expect right like first and foremost an nft collector today wants engaging experiences increasing utility and dynamic communities like 
That's what an NFT collector wants. And what a brand and influencer expects, right? What they expect when they're engaging with all of this Web3 ecosystem is they themselves want an elegant experience. They want something that's secure and scalable, right? They don't want their launches to not be safe. They don't want to accidentally rug their, their users or screw over the audience. And they also want seamless royalty reporting and all of these different types of things, right? Because they need an institutional grade support structure. So that's like an important thing to understand first. Like, What's the NFT community expect? What always does a brand or influencer or artist expect as well? And then how does that translate with Web3? Because with the rise of Web3, delivering to these audience has have never been more complicated. Think of it, if you're a new, a creator that's been in the space for a long time, or even a new creator, and I'm not talking be, uh, about creators that have already been in the Web3 space. I'm talking about creators that have just been creating for the past 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, Hollywood studios. They're looking, how can we get involved in Web3? It's, it's very confusing. And even for creators within the Web3 ecosystem, it's also complex and, and, and confusing. So I think the very first thing that we show brands is, here's all the things that you need to think about. Because it's really easy initially for them to think, oh, I'm gonna go work with this partner. And then while they're working with that partner, they realize, oh shoot, I now need to go these, do this thing and that thing and this thing. So there's all these little point solutions within crypto. So if you want to piece it together, they'll need someone to help on the payment side. So they'll need a payment vendor. They'll need an NFT utility vendor. They'll need a smart contract vendor. They'll need a wallet vendor. All these little point solutions, right? So first and foremost thing that Recur does when we're working with our brands and our partners is we explain to them that we're giving you everything. We have an entire platform that makes it so seamless for you to enter the space really easily. Then we start telling them about, here's what's really important when we're thinking about community. It can't be a one-off thing. It has to have longevity and we won't work with you unless you're thinking for the long term. So that's really important for us too. We as a, a business, a lot of us that have built Recur have been in the crypto ecosystem for a, a very long time. Uh, myself, I've been in the space for 12 years, professionally five, and we've built our team historically, a lot of the infrastructure that's used today throughout trading and DeFi and all sorts of things like smart contracts. And as we think about this space, the whole goal of Recur is to onboard as many people as possible into crypto and using Web3 as that, as that gateway. So if we're not able to fulfill that vision, then we don't want to be a part of it. So when we're working with all these brands, we really try to explain to them the ethos of crypto, the, the community aspect of Web3, what makes a compelling NFT, and we make sure that there's a long-term plan and roadmap. So what we're seeing now coming from Recur is a lot of these brands are now leveraging our infrastructure and technology, large enterprises. We actually have also Web3 IP that's going to be leveraging our infrastructure too, coming in the next few months and later this year. But all these folks all have a long-term view and a long-term vision. And these were just the very first drops. These are the very beginnings of how they see a more long-term ecosystem evolving. And there's typically a very large education piece that goes in when dealing with these brands because it really is a new technology. And I think one of the special things that a lot of these, a large IP, these really fantastic storytellers and studios and creators are starting to recognize is that NFTs truly are a new medium. It's a new tool for community. And what we try to show these brands and these creators is where is that tool going and how important is it? Because NFTs truly are this next tool uh, of community. And if you look back historically at the internet, 
from the late 1990s, you had internet bulletin boards that gathered communities to the early 2000s. You have AOL chat rooms. I know we all have funny uh, AOL screen names to Reddit, which actually indexes communities and you can search around and join you know, very specific niche communities to Discord where you actually can talk and communicate with a global audience. But you can actually speak, right? So that's another way to interact with communities. It's now NFTs where your largest fans and audience can own parts of your communities and directly influence it. That's very meaningful because community has driven everything throughout the history of the internet. And I think a lot of these large storytellers are recognizing that. And it's more than just, you know, they're experimenting today, but they're recognizing that NFTs really can be a tool to expand the narrative, continue storytelling in pretty meaningful ways. And we're really excited to help propel a lot of these folks enter the space and help push the boundaries of a lot of that. Yeah, that's very well put. And um, and it's good to hear as well that background and that you you know work with brands who who really understand what this is, right? And, and kind of where the value is. And it's not just a short-term drop and get the money and then disappear. It's, it's a very much a long-term sharing with your community and building and and this whole new medium, as as, as you said, which is, uh, yeah, it's, it's cool to hear. And, you know, there's going to be so many more brands and IPs and storytellers and studios that are wanting to obviously come come into this when they, they see these kind of proof of concepts. And it feels like when that next wave comes, recur is perfectly positioned to kind of handhold some people on board as we've talked about and uh yeah that's, that seems really needed is my point i think so um yeah that's very very cool um tell us a, a bit about some of the kind of amazing brands and ips that you you've partnered up with because uh, there's there's some huge things you've done and um i maybe wouldn't ask you to go through all of them but maybe you could kind of choose a couple that you've enjoyed particularly and uh yeah tell us a bit more about those kind of drops and those those uh, sort of projects sure so we put out nickelodeon a few weeks ago i thought that was awesome uh for a lot of reasons one of course it had you know wild success in the ecosystem we, we sold it on the Nickelodeon.xyz website where people onboarded and participated. They were able to come in and participate with credit card or, or crypto. And it you know, worked really well. It onboarded so many net new crypto users. People then also withdrew. So they are seamlessly able to take the NFT off the Nickelodeon.xyz site. And they went and traded it on OpenSea. It became the number one traded NFT on OpenSea. Uh, and that was really exciting to see. And more importantly than selling out was... We made an incredible community around it. And also people were doing what we wanted them to do, which was withdraw the asset, right? Take it, explore the greater crypto world, go trade it on OpenSea, engage with it. Uh, and that was really exciting because a lot of the folks that were participating were net new crypto users. So to me, like that was really exciting to see. Hello Kitty was also interesting in that we sold out in under six seconds. That just shows like how much demand there really is. And a lot of our user base doesn't, I don't think recognizes that yet. Our, our user base has grown dramatically over the past six or seven weeks, like dramatically, way over 100,000 users. And they're all competing for 10,000 items. And I think what we're starting to see is that we're having more and more and more and more demand. And this NFT ecosystem is going to grow and expand uh, and, and get much larger. One of the other interesting stats on Hello Kitty was that 116 different countries were represented. And that's a big deal. So it's really showing how global NFTs are and how a global user base can go and engage. And it's also showing from our perspective how important it is to have a global offering. So for example, we don't just support one country. We support 225 countries cash in and 85 countries cash out because we believe that if you're going to be a creator or a, or a brand, you really need to be able to reach your global audience. So it's one thing in theory to think about that, but it's another thing to actually see in practice you know, do people around the world really want this? And the answer is yes. So I think like to me, like those are some really 
interesting things that that stuck out. And then I also think what we're starting to see is, you know, a year and a half ago, two years ago, 10,000 PFP collection might have made sense. But in a year from today or five years from today, 10 years from today, we might look back at that like that's nothing, right? We're going to have hundreds of millions of participants, billions, soon NFTs, you're not going to even call it NFTs, it's going to be so ubiquitous, it's just going to be part of, you know, every day, any digital asset will be an NFT. And I think that's really important to think we're reaching this new, you know, hockey stick moment, even in a bear market, where one thing that we see differently as recur, people can hypothesize, hey, is this brand going to come in? Is that brand going to come in? I know we have many publicly traded businesses starting to leverage our infrastructure. They're just not, com- they're just not coming out for the coming weeks or months or, or, or the following year. I know who we talk to. I know who we're working with. So to me, the rate at which NFTs and the NFT ecosystem is growing is dramatic despite whatever's happening in the market. It's irrelevant. It's not what's judging how these folks are entering the space. And I've worked in the crypto space professionally for you know a very long time. I remember five years ago when I was helping build the trading desk at Kraken, we used to you know call every single family office and institution. And when I was at DRW, Cumberland Trading Desk, same thing. We're talking and trying to you know, chat with the largest publicly traded businesses to convince them, guys, you got to put Bitcoin on your balance sheet. It's time. You need some Bitcoin exposure. And, you know, that took a long time until all those folks started recognizing it and actually did go ahead and think that Bitcoin could become a bit more institutional. It's still in the early days and not many folks are considering Bitcoin a real institutional asset, but they're getting involved. They're tasting it. They're setting up little divisions to explore it even further. But that took a lot of time with NFTs. It's happening at a much faster velocity. And these folks really are coming to market. We're really seeing it. And I think that that's something that, you know, the greater ecosystem is not seeing as much or really recognizing just yet. But I think the growth in, in terms of involvement that we're going to see is going to, is going to be absolutely dramatic. And we ourselves at Recur are seeing it within our user base and how fast we're growing uh, over just such a short period of time. Yeah, yeah, that's great insight. And, you know, why I hope for people this this podcast is really valuable because the kind of mainstream headlines when you sift through them won't say anything remotely like that, right? And won't, won't dive into into the stats um, like that. But watching adoption grow, even as the wider market is down, is is really kind of where uh, maybe the opportunities are, where the signals are that, this, you know, this is, isn't going away for sure, like, um, which, uh, you know, never never really doubted. But um, it's kind of, it's really interesting to hear that for sure. I, I wanted to dive into to Nickelodeon specifically because it's a really interesting one for for quite a lot of reasons and my background is is actually in telly and i did some uh, kids tv stuff and various other things so it's interesting because nickelodeon is largely this kind of legacy brand right there was a lot of people's kind of childhood and and people are emotionally connected to rugrats and hey arnold and all the others so so yeah it was it's interesting from from kind of like a, a more legacy brand where a lot of those they're not creating a lot of new content with those characters but were able to kind of leverage ips that were really well loved into this whole new thing so i found that kind of interesting and were you at all surprised by the success of that drop and uh, i don't know if there's any kind of top line stats you could give us because i know it was, it was super successful and I, and I watched it hit the top of OpenSea. so it was, it was a really interesting one for sure yeah so we weren't surprised at all we believe that one the nft ecosystem in general would be nothing nothing literally nothing without the web3 creators because you take an artist like fuocious who comes and becomes a celebrity a superstar in the Web3 world, that's how you know a paradigm shift happened, right? Not if a legacy artist like a Damien Hirst comes in and participates. That being said, we also recognize that traditional IP, like Nickelodeon, has been telling stories for decades. They've built community for decades. They've built their brand and IP for decades. That's really hard to do. It's really compelling. And by the way, the jury's still out, right? We have 
you know, a Web3 IP like Boardape Yacht Club, who's been doing fantastic and really working on building their IP. But who knows where they'll be in 10 years? I hope they're, you know, rock stars and I think they will be. But it's really hard to, to, build, to build brand and build IP. So we thought, of course, Nickelodeon would be successful. It's one of the most iconic IPs uh, in the world. But one of the things that we thought was interesting and we think it's always important is how do you, you know, come out with something authentic to the crypto ecosystem? Because it can't just be some corporation comes in and just does whatever they want. It really is a new culture. It really is a new ethos. It's a whole new thing that's being built. And you have to do everything, we feel, uh, with that in mind so that it remains authentic. One of the things that we did with Nickelodeon is we actually mashed up the IP. So there were 500 mashups that you could ultimately get rewarded with if you ended up burning slime uh, and, and could receive. And this was a combination of Hey Arnold and Rugrats. So it was a whole mashup. That's never happened. And in legacy IP, it's very hard to get them to do things like that, as you can imagine, because there's all sorts of strict rules. If you keep their hand this way or that way, it's a whole another 20 days of approvals or whatever it might be, right? So it's all, it really is a big deal. And I think one of the interesting things that NFTs and the Web3 ecosystem did for a lot of these large legacy brands was it opened up the creative juices for all of them. It allowed them to be a bit more creative and it allowed that to be okay. And I think we saw that with Nickelodeon and that they allowed for the mashups to even happen. And Paramount is such a fantastic partner of ours. We really love working with them. And they as an entire you know, entity and business are really grabbing and going after Web3 head on. And we really feel we'll be ultimately leaders of all the studios in the Web3 space because of how much at the forefront they really are. Care Bears, we also were able to build brand new and, and create brand new Care Bears for the first time ever, bears that have never been anywhere. That also doesn't happen in traditional IP. So I think one of the really special things we're seeing here is how Web3 allows some of these legacy brands to tell new stories and leverage the medium in new ways. And, and you know, that's that's really exciting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And for anyone who doesn't know, or might, or might be new to um, to this space more generally, what were some of the benefits? I know they're kind of ongoing because they were quite, um, quite recent drops, Nickelodeon um, and Hello Kitty as well. But what are some of these kind of benefits that, that users are getting for, for holding these NFTs? Be interesting just to cover some stuff from the community. Yeah. Sure. So there's, there's different gamification and we're going to start announcing more and more uh, utility for these NFTs over time, whether that's in real life events that you can go to, different types of gaming in the digital ecosystem, other types of use cases and so on. So for example, we did something with Paramount and AMC uh, Cinemas and Cinemark where you know, you're awarded for seeing a Top Gun film in theaters. So there's all sorts of utility that we'll bring to these NFTs over time and definitely a lot that we're doing on the gamification. So with Nickelodeon, the concept was each one of your PFPs has a certain slime score. And then you have the dilemma. Do you burn your PFP to receive slime, which you can then trade in for a mashup, which is more rare? And, and that little aspect of gamification within your mind and so on and so on and so on. We're going to start re uh, releasing more and more uh, challenges and quests and gamification on the digital side, but also opportunities to do in real life experiences as well. Too. Yeah, great. And I had another question with some of these NFT collections. Obviously, traditionally, they are younger audiences. So some of these kind of Nickelodeon IPs and Hello Kitty and Care Bears and stuff and collectibles have always been you know around in the playground forever that's that's the thing that kids have always done but obviously less so the kind of speculative and, and trading element of it and some of these are kind of more uh, established legacy ips so i guess the collectors would be people like myself who kind of grew up loving these these um ips and, and are now kind of um, participating in nfts but uh, yeah how do you think about kind of younger users and that side of stuff i'd be interested just to, to hear thoughts on that we, we don't really think about younger users uh we focus on the audience above 18 uh so yeah, most of our audience is 18 to 40, let's call it. 
uh, collectors, folks that feel really connected to the IP, uh, really connected to the brand. Uh, that that's really our focus. We're not, you know, we don't really focus on anyone under eighteen. Okay, that's cool. And yeah, we, we talked a little bit about these kind of uh, such dedicated audience and kind of thinking to the future a little bit. How are you thinking about kind of the power of fandoms with NFTs? Because we've seen, you know, with, with bands, with artists and these really dedicated uh, online, uh, you know, fans fans on social that really support the band and kind of uplift them. And, and you know, examples like One Direction were, were really uh, completely grown from, uh, you know, as Twitter erupted as well around that time. So yeah, how are you thinking about kind of how fans can be invested in the in these IPs as well and kind of grow them as uh, some of these, these new IPs? grow I'd uh, be interested yeah so like I said earlier I think nfts are really this incredible tool for community and now that tool is going to be leveraged in different ways by the band by the artist by the creator as well as the community community can become more global you could have a real stake in it you can really participate in it you have proof that you participated in it all of these different types of things so I think really the nfts will be leveraged as a tool and creators will be able to leverage it in all sorts of different ways and also really to reach their community direct. I think one of the things we saw a year and a half ago was a lot of musicians started getting involved in this space. And it was a way that they were able to communicate to their audience base directly without any involvement from their label or their managers. Uh, and I know and their agents. And now I know all the managers and agents are running around left and right trying to figure out how they can get involved too and participate with their, these musicians. But it was the musicians driving a lot of that initially at first, not the management or the agencies. It re really, it really stemmed from the musician. And I think there are a lot of things that played into that, right? A lot of musicians couldn't tour a year and a half ago because of COVID and the pandemic. A lot of their fans were participating in this and they thought, hey, here's a really interesting opportunity and way that we can connect with our fans and our ecosystem. I think some musicians did a horrible job, right? And they didn't follow through and they did cash grabby stuff. And others did a fantastic job. And others right now are planning other things that they can be doing that is more robust and becomes more like a loyalty program. And I think that's another thing that we need to think about here and something that we're seeing is that people are leveraging our platform in all different types of ways. So right now we're seeing collectibles. But what we're also seeing behind the scenes right now that's being built is loyalty programs, CRM, so customer relationship management, gaming. So all sorts of different types of use cases that, that will be coming out. And I think that as NFTs evolve, it's going to continue changing what shape it might look like. So, you know, for this past year and a half or two years, it was very much the PFPs, speculation, very expensive. This next couple of years could look drastically different and maybe every NFT is a free mint. Maybe every NFT, you know, who knows what. So I think we're still in the early innings of, of all this and it will all evolve. And a lot of it will be dictated by the community. And that's what's really important is that for the first time ever, the community really owns it, really has a stake and genuinely has a voice because they own whatever the thing might be, right? They really own a piece of it and they get to really participate, or at least that's what, should, what it should be like. And I think that this changes the dynamic for the first time ever. And, you know, we saw a shift, you know, historically over the past couple of decades, a time where, you know, the brands are responding to the community and they are listening to the community. They hear the community's voices, but now the community really owns a piece of it and they can show when they're upset by selling. They can show when they're happy by buying or sharing or doing all sorts of different things like this. They really are a part of this community and ecosystem. And this NFT is their access point into this ecosystem. And as that ecosystem and as that community grows and expands and has more offerings and has more opportunities, it becomes more engaging and fun because more people globally are participating around and rallying around something that's like-minded. And you have maybe potentially more and more benefits or utility and use cases and all these different types of things. And we haven't really seen that ever before. So NFTs really opened up a whole new world of possibility.
Yeah, yeah, well said. I think, um, yeah, it'd be really interesting previously kind of on social media, really active fans supporting that band, uh, you know, maybe more than others. And now there's a way to kind of prove that you were early or that you participated more and, and rewards can come in that form. And as we trend towards this kind of more, uh, yeah, digital immersive setting as well, which we'll talk about in a sec with kind of more uh, metaverse ideas. Yes, that all plays into it as well, as well right? So that's uh, really interesting. And before we come on to kind of metaverse stuff, let's talk about the Recur Pass as well, because that's also been massively successful. And uh, yeah, what does that enable for people who want to kind of participate in multiple drops uh, with Recur and just be part of your ecosystem, which kind of opens up this access uh, to everyone else? So we love our pass holders. There are recur OGs, as we call them, and they've been supportive of our community from day one. We're a young business, so we're continuing, continuously trying to improve and grow with them in mind. So we constantly hear their feedback and constantly try to do build in different types of things that can benefit our pass holder community uh, and really our entire ecosystem. So the pass allows early access to some of our coveted drops um, and will continue to offer you know, more and more benefits uh, along the way, but it really is like our, our loyalty program and that's how we're trying to grow it out and uh, excel and, and, and scale uh, that aspect. But it is our community. We have an amazing, amazing, amazing community and we learn from them every day. Like that's one of the things that I think is, is most exciting is that we started this business a year and a half ago. We've done a lot since then and we're going to do a lot in the future. But what's really interesting here is not only do we have all the amazing people on the actual recur team as the business, but we also have our community that's providing so many valuable insights. You know, they're always the first to tell us when we mess up and also when we do great, but we're able to take that and continue to improve upon that. So, you know, we really value them and we're continuing to, to keep growing that and keep growing that program and hopefully to continue to deliver at a very high level for them. Nice, yeah. And practically, kind of, what does it offer people? Is generally kind of access to to drops maybe um, ahead of time, and, that, and those kind of benefits um, at the minute, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. All right. And thinking about kind of the metaverse more broadly and as these uh, virtual spaces develop, which uh, obviously we've seen in various forms over the last kind of um, 12 to 18 months, how are you thinking about the IPs that you're working with in these worlds? Some seem quite obvious, kind of Care Bears in the, in the sandbox and kind of these more immersive experiences, which are already beginning to, to kind of um, happen. Uh, but also for Recur specifically, you you have this um, pass, which feels like a kind of access pass to these, these IPs. Will that maybe become some sort of skeleton key type entrance into these virtual worlds, you know, with these other IPs? Yeah. Or how are you thinking about kind of where Recur fits into virtual worlds and kind of more immersive settings as well. So the way we see the entire crypto ecosystem is it's open. And that's one of the beauties. Like when you're dealing with anything that's open source, you can have so many folks come together and build really incredible things from the most creative people in the world to the most technical people in the world. They can all go and build really cool things. So our goal is how can we make sure that our NFTs can go participate in those cool places, Right? If someone goes and creates an amazing metaverse world, ecosystem, whatever that might be, we want to make sure that our users can withdraw the asset and go play and engage them. That's what we want. So yes, we're exploring all sorts of interesting types of things that we can be doing hand in hand in partnerships that we can be doing hand in hand with a lot of these folks. But we also want to make sure that we're creating an open environment where people can actually go out and take their assets and, and go explore. They can do what they want. They can take these different types of worlds and realms and games and social media and all these different types of things. Uh, and, and, and we allow for that. The other thing that we're doing is we're starting to open up our tooling. So we're starting to open up our APIs and our infrastructure so that developers of any size can go and build on top of the Recur infrastructure, on top of the Recur platform, and they can build their own thing and tap into our user base and, and, our, and our NFTs and all sorts of things like this and really create really wonderful things. So creators, developers, enterprises, brands, whoever can come in and really be creative. And that's where we think that the entire ecosystem will sort of do one of those motions and really and really scale up. 
because to date, the tooling hasn't existed. It's like we mentioned earlier, very complex and challenging to get involved. But now that the tool set exists and we can hand it to so many amazing developers and creators and artists and, and, and brands, whoever it might be, they can go out and build all sorts of creative and amazing things. And then our user base can go out and, and enjoy it as well as other users can go out and enjoy all these things that are created. But our whole goal is onboard as many people as possible into the ecosystem. And we feel our way of doing that is by putting our APIs, putting our tooling, getting our platform out there and letting so many other talented folks leverage it and build on top of it to put out their own experiences, their own art, their own games, their own marketplaces, their own worlds. And that will help grow and scale this entire ecosystem. Yeah, that's very cool. And and in its kind of simplest form, I, I guess would that be maybe maybe a user from your um, ecosystem or say it was me or someone else has, I don't know, some sandbox land, creates a cool experience and then just says, oh, by the way, if you have a recur pass, uh, you're allowed to come test it out a week before everyone else or, or something like that. It's kind of, that's the nature of an open system is that they don't need necessarily your permission to to token gate it for recurs. So. Yeah, that, that, that could be part of it or not. Like it could be that a creator has our infrastructure and they go create an entire experience that then any recur user can seamlessly go log into and become a part of and go and explore. It could be that somebody else says, hey, we only want to let recur pass holders into here. could be that we build a whole new ecosystem or maybe we have planned already with some of the largest groups that we have something that only recur pass holders can go access and do and, and see. Or maybe some other group creates something and maybe they're only letting in the Care Bears holders or, or whatever it might be. So it creates this whole opportunity, but also it creates a whole access for every recur user and every recur pass holder to go and explore the entire recur ecosystem or anything that's built on top of the recur platform. And we're already starting to see like so many other, you know, large institutions, creators, artists that will be leveraging our platform where they're handling actually the art, the market, the creative, the gamification. They're just using our tooling and they're using their creative, right? They're using all of their what they've done best historically to come out with all of their own experiences. So that's really exciting for us too. Yeah, I love that. That's very cool. Um, and uh, yeah, we're sort of heading towards the end of the chat. So much good stuff in there. So so thank you. And, and I guess kind of just to finish, I'd love to hear about anything you can tell us that's planned for the next few months. I don't know if there's any uh, sort of alpha you can give for your community um, who who might be listening, who who maybe know a lot of what we talked about a little bit. But so for our for our community that might be listening, we are having a pass holder only drop coming up at some point soon. Uh, which I think is really exciting. And then, of course, we have different seasons coming out for some of the IPs that, that, that we already have. And then we also will be announcing certain folks that are actually leveraging our platform and leveraging our infrastructure and going to be running their own experiences on top of our platform, some of which are some, you know, some of the most iconic Web3 IP. Others are some of the largest, uh, you know, very large publicly traded businesses and large gaming studios and things like this. So I think that's also really exciting for our community and for really the greater uh, Web3 ecosystem to, to hear about too. Love that. Very exciting for sure. Um, so yeah, just, just to finish, I guess, where, where can people kind of find Recur if they, if they uh, you know, if listen to this and now really want to get stuck in, I'll put all the links below as well, but maybe you can just shout them out. Yeah. So you can follow us on Twitter at Recur Forever. Uh, you can follow me at Zach Rush and you can visit our site at recur for not at recur recurforever.com uh, and you can see everything that we're up to and we hope you check it out and get to explore and see how seamless and easy it is to onboard into the ecosystem yeah thanks for having us a lot of fun yeah love it zach thanks so much for coming on appreciate it so there we go an awesome chat with zach from recur i think they are solving a very important problem in this space for mainstream adoption it's got to be easy to use and make sense for people uh, so definitely worth checking that out thank you very much to every realm for sponsoring the show do give them a follow at every realm on twitter uh, thank you to you for listening as always and we'll be back next week with another episode see you then